Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. Uh, it is once again great to be back with you guys as uh, the offseason uh, is not coming to a close, but it um, quickly uh, many of the big name free agents uh, have come off the market and uh, teams are definitely starting to round into shape. Uh, we can start to really analyze what uh, Major League Baseball is going to look like uh, in 2023. And Christmas is coming, guys, so I hope you've done all of your shopping. Uh, great to just be able to celebrate the Christmas season. Uh, hopefully, you're able to do that with family and friends. Uh, so, anyways, let's jump into uh, what the Braves have done and maybe more accurately what the Braves have not done uh, this offseason. And in particular, uh, what we have not talked about on this podcast uh, since it happened is the signing of Dansby Swanson as he goes to the Chicago Cubs, uh, which is not really a surprise if you've, if you've been following closely uh, the suitors for Dansby Swanson. Uh, it seemed like the Cubs were probably in the top spot, especially as the other uh, free agent shortstops started to sign on the market. The other big news that we're not going to get into too much today, but we're definitely going to dive into probably in our next episode is the um, Mets swooping in and snagging Carlos Correa. Uh, from the Giants, a lot of mystery behind uh, why the Giants backed off of Correa. Um, it, it sounds like there's some kind of medical issue with Correa that the Giants weren't uh, super uh, comfortable with. It's unclear if Correa pulled out um, of that deal or the Giants. We've only heard from Correa's side. It seems strange that the player would pull out of a situation like that, but that's his story. But nonetheless, the Mets were comfortable enough to throw 12 years and $315 million at Correa. Obviously, he's an incredibly talented player uh, who is going to be moving over to third base since the Mets also have Francisco Lindor. And this is just more of the Mets spending. I mean, this has just been an unbelievable uh, offseason of spending for the Mets. Uh, and it gives a hint, uh, maybe more than a hint, a slap in the face to the Braves of like, this is... Uh, you know, the team in your division that's just going to try to spin to win a World Series, to win obviously many NLE's uh, titles that they're trying to do. And the Braves are going to have to overcome them probably year after year as their pockets are not going to be getting any lighter. So it's a huge challenge for the Braves. Uh, and it means that every decision they make is going to have to be a pretty, pretty sound one. Um, Long gone are the the years that the Mets are, you know, um, not a top 10 uh, payroll. I mean, they're going to be uh, by far the uh, biggest spending team in baseball this year and probably for years to come. So uh, it's pretty interesting in that way. But like I said, we're going to get we're going to dive much deeper into the impact of the Correa signing uh, on the NL East in our next episode. But today I want to spend most of the time talking about Dansby Swanson uh, as he moves over to the Chicago Cubs. And before I really dive into kind of the baseball side of things, let's just focus on uh, what Dansby did for the Braves. Remember that he comes over in that Shelby Miller, um, the infamous Shelby Miller trade. This is really the beginnings of the Braves um, rebuild. Dansby in many ways can be um, kind of, thought of as the first piece of the Braves rebuild in those really hard years. Uh, and while it wasn't a um, totally smooth road for Swanson, 
as he comes up through the Braves organization. Um, he had his struggles and ups and downs, but he ultimately ended up being a, a very important piece to the Braves. The Braves rebuild their, their championship in 2021. Um, and, you know, a, a guy that was a stand-up guy at the same time, a guy you could root for. I know a lot of people consider Dansby their favorite Brave. Um, and while he wasn't my my number one favorite Brave, I definitely came to really respect him and, and all the you know, the the time and effort he put into improving his game. One thing that I remember early on is Dansby actually struggled a good bit uh, defensively. And you might remember that. He he struggled with a lot of errors in his first year or two. Uh, and then, of course, became a gold glove shortstop, the best defensive shortstop in baseball this past season. So, um, you know, good on him. And obviously he had his best offensive year this year, too. So, he Dansby could not have picked a better time to have a career year. Uh, had an over six war season in 2022, and parlayed that into a mega deal and a deal that the Braves certainly were not willing to match. But, but again, uh, Dansby will always be be considered a great Brave. He had uh, great moments. He was a clutch player. Uh, he came up with some of the biggest hits um, in the Braves' run of things, even when. Series didn't go their way. Dansby seemed to step up in big ways. But, of course, that 2021 season, um, World Series, uh, you know, hitting the, the big opposite field home run in game four uh, that, you know, that ties that, that game. And then Solaire comes up and hits the, uh, the one that put him over the top. Uh, Dansby had another home run in the deciding game six. Um, you know, so he had, he had some great moments and, and definitely a lot of, a lot of memorable things uh, that you can think back to and appreciate his time in Atlanta. Again, how he carried himself. He was a huge part of last season's team. Uh, again, not just on the field, but his leadership in the clubhouse was really key. And so that's probably one of the biggest things that the Braves are going to have to address moving forward is who steps up in leadership roles in the clubhouse. I think they already have those guys in place. And I think the Braves, um, you know, in terms of their their chemistry and the the types of guys they have on the team. It's not going to be um, super difficult to to replace uh, his leadership because they have other guys that uh, are you know carry themselves in in similar ways. Braves are always thinking about that, and I, I wonder if even uh, I don't know you know too too much about him, but Sean Murphy coming in, I wonder if he's kind of that that guy too. And I've seen one interview with him, and he he comes across well, so hopefully he'll come in and and provide some positive things for not only the Braves on the field, but in the clubhouse as well. So, again, thankful for Dansby Swanson. It was a deal that was definitely in the Braves' favor. Uh, Shelby Miller uh, kind of fell off the rails of his career, unfortunately for him, but the Braves got a lot out of that deal. And you just think about, you know, it does make me think about the Braves' rebuild uh, and how successful ultimately it was. Uh, not every move was uh, maybe the best move, but, um, you know, Freddie Freeman being kind of the cornerstone and Dansby being the first piece uh, of the rebuild, uh, him coming up and then Ozzy coming up soon after him and then Acuna, all the pitchers, you know, Freed particularly, and then Soroka later, uh, it worked. And unfortunately, you know, that last out of the World Series, uh, Dansby to Freddie uh, looks a little different now because both of them are gone. Uh, but I'm so glad that they both 
had a key role in winning that World Series uh, for the Braves. So we move on and, and you know, we think about Dansby uh, in this offseason. Similar to Freddie Freeman, you know, he gets to free agency and you wonder, are the Braves going to be uh, aggressive to sign him? And uh, clearly they were not. You know, and in retrospect, the Braves had little to no shot uh, of re-signing Dansby Swanson this offseason because of what they were willing to offer him and, and I think how they viewed Dansby and his value. Um, you know, so even before the, the top free agents started receiving these long-term mega deals, uh, remember, you know, Turner, I won't go into every little number, but Turner got an 11-year deal. Bogart's got an 11-year deal. Correa, ultimately, we thought it was a 13-year with the 13-year deal with the Giants. It ends up being a 12-year deal with the Mets. But you know, uh, 280 to 300 plus million dollars. These these guys. And so while Dansby was not quite on that tier, um, you know, it quickly became obvious that the Braves were not going to be playing in those waters. Uh, the Braves offered. Dansby, a six-year, $100 million deal or thereabouts. Dansby, uh, it was reported at one point, asked uh, the Braves for six years, $140 million. So they already st already started $40 million off. Uh, and the reports are that the Braves never really upped their offer uh, at all. Um, and so I think they had pegged what they, what they thought Dansby's uh, value was, and they were not budging off of that. And that sounds very familiar to uh, how they approached the Freddie Freeman um, free agency last year as well. I think the Braves, you can say this, right? The Braves, more than any other team, understand who Dansby Swanson is, the type of player he is. Um, and that's the positives, positives and negatives, right? Dansby Swanson is a great leader. He's a great defensive shortstop, and he's a slightly above average offensive player um, who is very inconsistent offensively. Keep in mind that Dansby had his best offensive season last year and he was above league average, but he wasn't blowing it away. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, 130 um, WRC plus. He was 116. Uh, so if he dips it all from that, um, you know, he's not really giving you much offensively so you know if, if you're a big war guy another way to look at it is teams uh this offseason seem to be viewing dansby as that six war player that he was in 2022 and i just think the braves knew that that was the very top of the ceiling for dansby he might not do that again they were probably willing to pay you know for a the four wins above replacement dansby not the six uh war guy that he showed in 2022 if you look at fan graphs uh, you know, I'm not totally sold out on player projections, though they are a helpful tool. Dansby is only projected to be a 3.3 war player next season. So that's a lot of money to pay. Uh, the Cubs ultimately paying him, uh, you know, seven years, $177 million. Um, that's over $25 million a year. Uh, and if he's only a three, three and a half war player, uh, that's that's a high price to pay for for that guy. That's a very good player, by the way, um, but it's not an all-star player. It's not an elite player. So, you know, I think ultimately this decision was actually far easier for the Braves to make than the Freddie Freeman decision. I think uh, Freddie was uh, what they were offering him and what he got. There wasn't as big of a gap. Um, I think, you know, 
ultimately the the weirdness of last offseason with the lockout probably was one of the biggest hindrances to something getting done. Uh, but nonetheless, not to rehash that, you know, you, I think that one was, was harder on Anthopolis. I think that was harder on the Braves uh, because it was much closer. I think the, the market was so far off what the Braves valued Dansby to be that they, they came into this offseason knowing that it's, it's almost impossible uh, for them to, to re-sign Dansby. And that's why they probably never came back with a different offer for him. So you can't really blame Dansby, right? He got $77 million more from the Cubs than what the Braves were offering him. Uh, and he goes to Chicago. And let me tell you something. I mean, if you've ever been to Wrigley Field, you know that uh, playing for the Cubs would be pretty great. You know, it's a great, historic, awesome place to play. Uh, Cubs fans are great fans. They are supportive. Uh, they don't have unrealistic expectations to always win, <laughs> but, you know, they're going to be in your corner. Uh, so I think in that way, it's very similar to Atlanta. Uh, they have a, a great manager. Um who I'm sure Dansby likes a lot uh, in, in David Ross, who, uh, you know, ended his career. Uh, well, one of the last seasons of his career with the Braves, you might remember him and uh, you know, great place to play. His wife uh, plays for the Chicago uh, women's soccer team. Um, I don't know if she'll always have, you know, her career might not always keep her there, but nonetheless, at least for this first year of marriage, they are setting them, themselves up for a nice, um, a, a nice year there in Chicago. So, you know, you happy for Dansby. I think it actually is a really good place for him to end up. Uh, I think the only question mark is, will the Cubs be able to win anytime soon? It's a weaker division. So maybe, uh, but probably not next year. So, you know, that Dansby will definitely be wanting to lead the charge and turning that team around. We'll see if that happens, but wish nothing but the best for him. Um, but of course we want to focus on the Braves. So, um, you know, as I look through, if you really love Dansby and you're just upset about him moving on, which I totally understand, um, you know, think through how the Braves operate. And I think these last two off seasons have given us far more, uh, clear, um, indications of, of how the Braves make their decisions. I've mentioned this before. Alex Anthopoulos is all about value. Uh, but I also think he's all, he's about mitigating risk as well. You look at um, the free agents this season that have gone to teams. You know, you most free agents hit the market between ages of 28 and 30 years old. Uh, you look at Carlos Correa, you look at Turner, you look at Bogarts. Uh, they got these long, long deals that are going to pay them into their 40s. Uh, Dansby is going to be paid until he's 36, 37 with the Cubs. Uh, the Braves don't do that. They don't commit long-term extensions to players um, into their late 30s. Uh, that, and so, you know, that's why they, they didn't aggressively go after Dansby, you know, or, or give him, you know, more years. Uh, same reason for Freddie Freeman, right? They, they weren't going to budge off of the years they were going to give him. Um, and so, but you look at the positive side of things, the Braves are willing to, are willing to commit uh, to players into their early 30s. That's why you see all of these extensions happening to the to their younger players, um, right? They are committed to that philosophy. Lock up players into their early 30s that you know are really good players. Uh, you're not going to be relying on these older players to give you 
uh, any kind of value. So let's just go through it real quickly. Like the guys that they have locked up and just kind of, I'm not going to go into the, the monetary value, but just think about how old they'll be when these deals run out. So Spencer Strider, right? He's signed with a club option for his age 30 season. Michael Harris uh, has club options for his age 30 and 31 year seasons. Um, Ozzie Albies, club op options for his age 29 and 30 seasons. Um, Ronald Acuna, club option for his age 29 and 30 seasons. And then these last two guys get a little older, so it's interesting. We can talk about it. Um, Austin Riley has a club option for his age 36 season. And Matt Olson has a club option for his age 36 season. So why do you think Olson and Riley are getting these um you know, these deals deeper into their thirties. And I think there's two reasons. Number one, neither, neither of them are making more than about 22 million a year in those seasons. So there's still pretty good value there, but also they play at positions that are not requiring uh, tremendous speed, right? You, you, if, if Riley gets a little slower, if Olsen gets a little slower, who cares? They're already not the fastest guys around, you know, um, First base, particularly with Olsen, um, you know, you're, you're used to having kind of slower first baseman as long as the bat stays. Now with Riley, um, you know, you don't want a plodding old third baseman, but you can always transition him to DH, right? So I think the DH plays a part in these two guys being able to be on your team and, and being with the Braves longer term. Uh, but, you know, you're also uh, have two guys who you can kind of rely on with the bat. Uh, and again, I think that's that was the bigger issue with Dansby Swanson as he ages. Um, his speed is going to go downhill a little bit. That's part of his game. His defense probably goes downhill just naturally. That's a big part of his game. And then if his bat slows down at all, you're in real trouble. And so with Riley and Olsen, I, you feel like you're at least relying on the bat even into their, their mid-30s. So, you know, you have these other guys signed through what's basically – you know, their, uh, their peak years. Uh, then you look at the other side of things, right? The Braves, when they do have older guys on the team, they're not giving them long-term deals. They're going short-term. So guys like Darno, guys like Charlie Morton, right? One and two-year deals. Um, and then you go from there and supplement with guys that maybe you bring in through trades. And it's the same reason why Max Freed um, has not been extended and is, and is probably unlikely to be extended, guys. I hate to tell you that, but you know, Freed will be 31 when he enters free agency. He'll be an older free agent because he had some injuries and it took him a little longer to get to the big leagues. And so, you know, Freed is obviously very fairly going to want, uh, you know, his one big multi-year free agent deal. And it's just very unlikely that Braves are going to be able to give him that. That's why some of these trade rumors are coming up with Freed, which I still think are really, really unlikely. But um, but nonetheless, that's why you're hearing it, because it's very unlikely the Braves are going to extend Freed. Now, could it happen uh, if Freed is willing to take maybe a three-year extension or something? Yeah, it could, but I just don't see him doing that. It doesn't really make sense for him to do it. So, you know, it, I do want to think about one other thing, right? Why were the Braves so aggressive to extend Spencer Strider very early in his career? You have to consider their pitching situation long-term. And this is where you can get really tunnel vision to, you know, making the Braves 2023 team uh, complete. Um, but 
Alex Anthopoulos has the job of looking both short-term and long-term and trying to manage both of those things. So the bigger issue to me long-term for the Braves is their pitching staff. Uh, if they're not able to bring back Freed and Morton is going to age out eventually, uh, within two years, you don't have Freed or Morton uh, in your pitching staff. So the starting rotation is the bigger issue long-term, not shortstop. If you uh, put throw too much money at the shortstop position, um, then you're not going to be able to uh, have the flexibility potentially to address your starting rotation in these next two years. Uh, if everything stands pat over the next two years, right, you have no Morton and no Freed, but you're also able to get Eddie Rosario and Marcelo Zuna off the books. That's a lot of money that you're going to be able to have. Uh, somewhere around $50 million that you're going to be able to have to commit to some pitching. So I think that's one thing the Braves do have in the back of their minds that they're going to have, have to address eventually. Um, all right, so let's just look. Uh, we've already talked about this some because the writing seemed to be on the wall with Dansby Swanson for some time. But what's the plan now uh, for shortstop? And I really think there's only two options. Uh, at this point, the, the number one option is simply you go internal. Your internal options are obviously Vaughn Grissom and Orlando Ar Arcia. Vaughn Grissom being 21 years old, you know, not really even playing half of a major league season and doing that mostly at second base. Can he um, can he play major league shortstop defensively? Uh, he hasn't had the best grades defensively already as he's come up, but he is young. And the thing that I think the Braves are really in on is judging a guy's character and is he willing to work hard to get better? You know, you look at a guy like Austin Riley, uh, you look at a guy like Dansby Swanson, um, and I do think Vaughn Grissom fits into that mold. I think he's he's willing to go for it, right? And he's already been working with uh, Ron Washington. There's been some good reports from Washington that Grissom is is looking really good. Um, we haven't seen that at the major league level from him yet, um, but that's certainly a positive report that he can, you know, he is improving. So will he be able to improve enough to take on the, the major task of being a major league shortstop? I don't know, but um, I think that's the best scenario is that he could manage it, even if he's not the perfect guy immediately. Um, you know, Vaughn Grissom has tremendous upside with his bat. I think if Grissom can become a just a, um, you know, middle of the road defensive shortstop, uh, he has tremendous value because he has a huge upside with his bat, probably more so than, than Dansby Swanson ever did. Um, and then, of course, you have Orlando Arcia as your backup option if for some reason Grissom needs days off or is struggling or that sort of thing. So I think that's probably what the Braves are going to do. Some people are not going to be super happy with that option. Uh, but I, you know, I do think, again, long term, that's the, the best investment. You invest in Vaughn Grissom. You try to make him a major league shortstop. And if he does, the, the returns are the biggest. Um, you know, if, if halfway through the year, it's just obvious that he can't handle the position, maybe the Braves explore the trade market. But there's no guarantees, of course, with that. There might be some good shortstops out there, but they might not actually be available. The other option is the stopgap option, which a lot of people have talked about. Uh, you dip into the free agent market with the guys that are left. Uh, 
um, or you try to get into the, the trade market. Uh, you know, there's not going to be any guys out there that are really going to make anybody excited. Elvis Andrews and um, Iglesias, uh, I think that's his name, from uh, Colorado. These are the two number, you know, number one and number two guys left on the free agent market. They're solid defensively. They're not giving you much with the bat. Uh, and if you look and compare them to uh, Grissom and Arcia with Fangraphs, you actually have a better uh, chance with the, your internal options than you do with these guys. Again, they might look better defensively, but they give you less with the bat. Um, I've also heard the name Mateo with the Orioles might be available. Um, there's probably a few others uh, out there on the trade market that are similar to him. Again, it's a, a guy who's solid defensively, uh, not super great with the bat, and that's why he's available. So uh, do you go with that guy for a year? You might if you determine that Vaughn Grissom is not ready defensively i think the the most likely situation is the braves kind of go old school and get into uh spring training let grissom try to prove himself and if there's just a lot of evidence that he can't do it or he's not ready yet then maybe you go with the, the stopgap option at that point the other thing that's connected to the dansby swanson stuff is left field you know the braves if they can't improve shortstop well maybe they go out and get a left fielder well the bad news there is there's only really one solid left field option left on the free agent market. That's Michael Conforto. I'm really doubtful the Braves are going to go out and get him at this point. Um, and, you know, we've already mentioned with the Sean Murphy trade, the Braves have not a lot left in the farm system to deal from, too. So I really think the Braves are probably done. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a little frustrating, uh, I think. There are some moves the Braves could have made uh, to make themselves better, especially in left field. Uh, the idea of just going going with Rosario and Ozuna is is very uh, frustrating, as you guys know. I make no bones about it. I wish um, Ozuna was gone from the team, um, but I think I do think at least I like Eddie Rosario. I I would love for him to have a bounce back season, and I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, and so I think that's probably how the Braves are going to are going to go with it. Not to mention that you're also banking on Albies and Acuna and even Matt Olson to have bigger years and maybe you know cover up any any loss of offense that you might have had from Dansby or 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 you know weakness from left field. So uh, hopefully that happens. I do think the Braves, you know, they're still probably a top five or six team in baseball. Uh, if you look at simply, you know, uh, war projections and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, it's not a, um, a woe is us, we're, we're terrible kind of kind of situation. But as you look at what has happened in free agency with the Phillies, but particularly with the Mets, it the task obviously has gotten a lot harder. So we're going to dig into that next episode. What do the Braves really have to do um, in terms of the Mets? And not forgetting about the Phillies either. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll also see. Maybe something will happen in this next week, uh, next few days, uh, that will change things. So, uh, all right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of State of the Braves. And I will uh, talk to you soon.